Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. to the Big Red Bench on Quark's Red FM. It is me, Valerie Wheeler, with you until 7pm. Happy New Year. With it being a new year, it brings change, plenty of change to the Cork Hurling panel over the last few weeks. During the week, more retirement announcements. Stephen MacDonald announced his retirement from Intercounty. The Glen Rovers man joins me to talk about the highs and low of his time in the red and white jersey and fatherhood. Right, there is Guinness Pro 14 action tonight. Monster Iron Action former Ireland international Fiona Hayes joins me to preview the game. And some interesting stories about Paul O'Connell training under eights, which is not to be missed. Owen Cadigan on last season for Cork G and his new business adventure, Dark Focus. We're going to hear all about that between now and 7 o'clock on the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Good evening. Welcome along to our first show of 2021. I'm Valerie Wheeler and I'm with you until 7pm. I hope you all had a safe and good Christmas and New Year. I mean, last year our our little county and country along with the world was hit with COVID-19 and in times of uncertainty and despair, sport was there for us. It was a welcome distraction for people isolating alone and with plenty of families. Um, For anyone listening that loves sport ye probably understand just as much as I did the importance of it in our lives and let's hope that we can you know continue it to keep it going and keep us company and distracted from everything going on in the world in a safe manner for all involved um, but I would like to take the opportunity to thank anyone that was involved in sport last year here locally that give us their time and that give us the entertainment they went out there and risked their lives so thank you so much but it is New Year so put on the kettle sit back and relax and enjoy the first of many sports shows in 2021 as I mentioned Stephen MacDonald will be on the show he has announced his retirement from inter-county season uh, inter-county playing Fiona Hayes will be previewing Monster versus Connacht with us and Owen Cadigan he is a former jewel star still playing the hurling and um, he's going to tell us all about his new business adventure and we're going to chat somewhat about Cork GA last season but first let's get the sports news of the day in rugby there is major doubt um, has been put cast over the start of this season's Guinness Six Nations France Sports Ministry has this afternoon called for the upcoming games involving French and British teams in the Champions and Challenge Cups to be postponed the French government are implementing short-term measures to cut down travel in and out of the country due to the increasing COVID-19 cases and numbers in recent weeks. They are also set to discuss France's participation in the Six Nations early next week, with the Sports Ministry expressing particular concern about the pandemic situation in the UK. So let's hope we'll hear some news on that um, over the next few days. There is a top-of-the-table clash in Conference B at the Guinness Pro 14 this evening. Monster have an eight-point advantage at the summit ahead of their trip to face Connacht at the sports ground. Conor Murray and Peter O'Mahony are among 10 Irish internationals set to start for the Reds, who lost at Ulster last weekend. Out half JJ Hanrahan says it's important to have young and experienced players in the mix. I think we have a nice mixture of, of youth and experience in the group, which is very, very important. And I think um, the young lads coming through this year have done a massive um, job in the start of the season. Then our internationals coming back into the group as well. We had them before just after lockdown they went away again and coming back in and adding that kind of world class to the group as well and it's been really really important for us we, we feel like we're in a good position 
That was out half. JJ Hanrahan ahead of tonight's game. Kickoff in Galway is at 25 to 8, and it is live on TG Cahar and Airsport. And we will be previewing that game a little later on with Fiona Hayes, former Irish international um, in football. There are over 20 games in the FA Cup today, so you can have a look at the results up online at Red FM. But on its way since 5.30 was Arsenal and Newcastle United. And currently, I'm just going to take a look. But the last time I checked, there was no score. And I'm right, there's 35 minutes on the clock. Um, also, Republic of Ireland manager Stephen Kenny says he's lost an excellent coach in Damien Duff. The former Ireland winger opted to step down from his role of assistant coach last night ahead of the World Cup qualifiers getting underway in March. Duff had been a part of Kenny's setup since last summer and he's expected to continue his work with Shelburne's Academy. Uh, Stephen Kenny's uh, having a rough rough time of it in the Ireland setup, and he's the first to go there. But in racing here at home, tomorrow's meeting at Nace has been postponed after failing a track inspection this afternoon due to frost. The fixture will now place, take place next, next Wednesday, the 13th of January. And in snooker, some snooker news. World number one Judd Trump has withdrawn from the Masters, which is set to start tomorrow after testing positive for coronavirus. So more coronavirus stories dominating the news. But... We have a busy show tonight and we will try to keep it COVID-19 free as much as possible. This week, the retirements were happening every day across the GA community. I mean, big news came from Mayo. It came from Kerry. Um, but one happened closer to home this week. Plenty of changes in the car curling panel over the last few weeks with retirements and changes. The Glen Rovers man and now former cat. Cork captain Stephen MacDonald released his statement from the Intercounty game. He said, you know when you know, now is the right time for me to let go of Intercounty hurling and retire. Joining me on the Big Red Bench this week is former Cork senior hurler Stephen MacDonald. Stephen, welcome to the Big Red Bench. Hi Valerie, how are you? Good to be here. Good to Good be here. Stephen, it probably sounds strange for me to introduce you as a former Cork hurler. It does, yeah. Look, but, you know, as... As you get older, you know more responsibilities come into play, and you have to you have to honour those as well. You know, and I think it's just come to a stage where I couldn't honour everything, and something had to go. So look, it's uh, you know this is what it is. You mentioned in your statement that now is the time to go, but why now? Why just because of family life? Is it other commitments? Is it you know you feel like you've given it enough? Yeah, it's a good. That's a very good question, Valerie. I suppose you know and before. Before, even before look before that I said no was you know you know and you know right so I think uh, that in itself really you know it's, it's you can logically think about it all day right and you know you can always find reasons to stay and always find reasons to go and you know, they do that and you can go round and round and round but you kind of you know and you know right and it's kind of coming from comes from a feeling and just a sense and I just I just felt it and uh, I, I went after that then right and um, just took the step forward and took took action and and that was it really. You know, it was it was uh, wasn't an easy decision and it wasn't something they took like they didn't make it straight away, it took time over it and uh spoke to the to the necessary people they needed to speak with, took all points of view and to play, you know, and and then made the decision and, and it wasn't a decision I made because I didn't think I was able for it. I know and I backed myself and that's how I always played was I, I had confidence in myself to go out there and do a good job. And I still have that confidence in myself to go down and do a good job representing Cork. But, you know, it's, it's just, you know, holistically taking everything into account. I just felt, you know, and I felt it within me that it was the right thing to do. And I suppose nine years, it played such a big part of your life for you now to walk away from that. I mean, you're going to have plenty of free time, and I know, for family life and stuff. But it will take you a while to get used to maybe being in your own, not being in that setting of meeting up with the lads at training four or five nights a week. And it must, it mm. must be... For a while, a lonely time. Erin, look, it's uh, 
Yeah, and I mean, I suppose it's an interesting time in coronavirus story because it's nearly a lonely time for everyone. So, um, and I'm not at the moment as well. You know, the, the guys are training collectively, so I'm not missing that because I know they're not going to be there. So it is interesting, but the question is, of course, it's valid because you've you give so much of your time to training and to matches and to, I suppose to Cork and you know that that time is shared with people right so I'm going out to train and I'm working hard and fighting hard and I'm going into battle but I'm sharing that with, with lads and you're, you're going to miss that you're going to miss a lot of things and one of the, the main things that I'm going to miss is going to that dressing room seeing the guys having the crack with the guys getting to know them better supporting them you know helping them um, seeing them grow seeing them develop seeing them mistakes seeing them run from that and being, being in there and being in that myself as a right so so yeah I miss that of course that's, and that's part of life so I uh, yeah, you know, I definitely think you're, you're spot on there with that. That's hey, it. you're not you're not the only one that that has probably left the panel this year, and it's it's going. I think Cork is probably going through a bit of a transition stage where they're maybe recruiting young players and seeing maybe experienced players like yourself leaving the panel. It, it kind of gives people when people are so used to seeing you there, Stephen. It kind of gives people a bit of a fright to see the OGs, the originals leaving. The OGs, yeah. yeah. Um, gives them a fright. I suppose, look, there's, you know, I, with everything, there's opportunity there for those guys. I, when I, went, I came to the panel, 2011 was when I made my, my actual debut. Mm. Yeah, I suppose I really came into that year. So I only, in 2010, I played one of two challenge games, actually getting collected in a taxi down by the church, by the train station, driven to Waterford with the guys who were in the chain can't play a game, and you're driven back down as myself and Luke Farr. Uh, that was the first, I got one or two games then, and then I was brought in then in 2011, and I actually started training and, I was lucky enough then to be brought in and in the same year I made my debut and been starting ever since. But I, uh, I was, I look, it was brilliant for me coming in because I was, you know, I was coming in in a stage where it was kind of like a transition, kind of. It was a start. I suppose it was very early. It was a very early transition, and um, all the guys are still there. Don't know, um, Tom Kenny, you know, Jerry Ben O'Connor, John Gardner, Warren Curran, Sean O'Halpin, right? All Nine McCarthy. All the guys were still there, and I suppose they were my heroes as well at the same time. So I was looking up to them big time, and um, and they started to leave then as well. And they're, you know, over over a couple of years. So um, so there's massive opportunity there as well to to step up. So I think um, I think I've I think I've done, you know, I've done a good job as a cock hurler and you know, I captain the team for a couple of years as well. And I'm I'm kind of moving on, knowing that the guys um, I've I've done my part in helping the guys to, to, I suppose, be better players themselves and ultimately to be, to be leaders as well. And I suppose, look, it's, it's time for them now to step up, I suppose, and look, to be more, that's, that, that's the journey of, of the sport as well. And that, you know, you're always going to have players that are a lot more experienced, players in that middle ground and you've got the new players coming in. And um, it's inevitable then that those more experienced players will, will move on, right? So it's just, uh, that's my team right now. Was the highest point for you maybe being captain in 2017, winning the Munster title? Would that would have been your highest moment, or have you something different in mind? Um, highest moment. Highlight. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to pick one single point, but I think two kind of really stand out for me, and definitely, you know, lifting that cup, that trophy, the Munster championship when. You know, when we were, you know, just such ranked outsiders from day one because we were going into it after a poor year in 2016. And out of all the teams in Munster, we were we were outside all of it. We were the least favourite, right? We were being 
written off by everyone. No matter who we played, we were written off. And even before I started in the bookies, we were we were the bottom of the barrel, right? So for us to go the hard route, it's quarter or semi and final to win. I mean, that was some feeling, right? And uh, and to be captain of that team as well was was something very special for me because you know, yeah, I suppose look at it. To know that you're, you know, to know that you're doing a good thing and you're you're having a good impact, it's, it's always it's always positive. And for me to um to go and to, to play for a team that you know, the Cork Ireland team represent them, but for the lads that I really cared about and to walk up the steps when we've been written off, and you know, for them as well, right? For for those guys to understand that they they can do it, and they are good enough. That's a, that's what you dream of as a, as a captain, right? So so that was a huge highlight. Um, but there was one other. A couple of others, right? But I suppose one other that I'd probably share, and it's, it was the Arona final replay, even though we lost. Um, it was kind of, a, I suppose, a kind of turning point for me in a way that really helped me really gain confidence and, and hurl a lot better, right? And kind of at, at my potential point. And, uh, you know, in the first game, in that first game we played in the drawing game, I, that was, I didn't, I didn't play a great game then, you know? And uh, it was something that just really was a point to me where I said, you know, that can't happen again, Nick. And uh, I didn't brush under the carpet. I didn't avoid it and say, I'd be better the next time. I actively done something about it, right? And I, I um, trained hard and I done a lot of other things, right? But, you know, I remember I was on, um, on the bus after the drawing game. We were heading back the following day. Back to Cork, we stopped in the beach and we had owners a recovery session. And I remember there was a, tr- a paper being thrown around the bus, and it was rating every player, right? So all the players went a big spread now in a couple of days, a couple of pages, as you can imagine, all in the final. And it was rating every player in terms of how they played. You know, you know yourself, right? Player ratings. And I remember a guy came back to me anyway, and I looked down, right? And I looked down on my rating, and it was four out of ten. So that was, you know, the worst. Out of all the players, I was the worst rated, right? And that kind of really gave me the kick that I needed to say hold on a second you know I need to do something about this because I got through the game grand but I know for a fact I was out there and I wasn't playing well and I wasn't I wasn't looking for the ball and I wasn't getting after and I wasn't attacking the game so and that was down to nerves and you know a bit, a bit of a lack of belief in myself coming from the north side you know my family would play with Cork you know my friends went down a different path where who my hood I think all that kind of stuff was I play so I went into that I started to look at the belief that was underneath the, the, the thoughts that were at play and, and ultimately the actions that were coming out in the field and I started to I suppose attack or challenge those beliefs and, and change those beliefs and you know ultimately that was my quality of thought changed to quality of thought and, you know will dictate the quality of your life right? and, and ultimately the actions you take so so I went into that space and um, transitioned to more empowering thoughts and beliefs right? and went out there in three weeks I went out to follow in, in the honour of um, final replay and I got nominated for man of the match in that game, right? So I went from the worst player of Cork to, you know, potentially the best player of Cork and one of the top three players in the, on the pitch, right? So I went from the worst to one of the top. So the only difference was not that I was a better player, worst player, trained harder, trained less. It was just my quality, my thoughts, my belief in myself. And um, that set the foundation for me then to go on and, you know, to, to drive on, to be the leader, then ultimately be the captain and, in, in, even in the work I'm doing now that's, that's a huge part of it I'm doing a resilience programme at the moment huge programme at the moment with a client and um, one of the modules that we have one of the workshops we have is all about those those quality those thoughts and are you feeding fear or are you feeding courage right? they say stare fear and feed courage so big time in that first game I was feeding fear big time in that second game and thereafter 
and feed and forage rate. So it's a choice. So that was a real highlight because it was, it was a transition point, change point for me that, uh, you know, a bit of foundation to go forward from. Like, so it's hard for me not to acknowledge that, you know. Well, no, that's, it sounds amazing that you were able to, as you said, go from being rated the worst to being one of the best the following few weeks. But um, it's amazing for you to have that motivation. But speaking of 2013, I know that, do you, do you ever feel that it, maybe it was so close, you know, it was there, it was there for you. And unfortunately now you're not leaving with an all-earn in the middle and that can be tough for a lot of players. And I know plenty of players will retire and won't have an all-earn in the middle, but for you yourself, you were there and you had two opportunities. I mean, you know, that's that's also difficult. Yeah, look, it is difficult and it's obviously as far as it, it's a long time going over the stage. So, mm. you know, when I'm looking back now, I'm probably looking back not as hurt by it as, okay. as, as I might have been, but it is what it is and we made decisions and took action on that pitch that ultimately led us to come out to the side and, and draw and then lose the next game and, you just have to credit Clare, I think, over the two games, they were the better team, right? So they were deserving us and we were, we, we, we were just off, off it by a little bit. And um, to win a championship, you need to rectify that, right? And unfortunately, we didn't rectify what we were off by. You know, in 2017, I think we would have, you know, and Clare, if you caught me in this now, I think we got to that and finally we would have won it. Uh, I think we were very unlucky and I think that we made wrong decisions when Damien got sent off. We took a... We, our decisions led us down the path of playing to their hands, which obviously gave them the platform to go ahead and beat us, right? So, so we were very, I think we were, we were even closer, I think nearly then because we would have been winning the winning an hour and just we just team on the team has been better than them, right? Just because we were a better team collectively. Um, 2013 was, you know, I think we were a better team in 17 than 13. So, uh, you know, that, that's what you're ultimately trying to achieve is just trying to achieve that level of just collective performance and cohesion and togetherness that when you step over across the white line, the result takes care of itself. You're not thinking about your come, you're just thinking about, you know, what needs to be done right now and, and your role within that and, and knowing that the guys have your back and that they're going to do their jobs and that's that's what it's all about when you really enjoy that space. And we were in there, we, we got there to the same thing. So because of that, I've, I was, teams find it very hard to beat us unless adversity comes in and the player gets sent off and you don't have a plan B. So live and learn. Live and learn is right. And I know that you have chosen to hang up the red jersey, but um, you're going to continue playing club, I presume? 100%, yeah. Geez, big time. I'm really excited to to give the club everything. And never. I suppose look, last year was different because I did have that chance, right? Because with coronavirus, the club's in first. So I wasn't coming back after a campaign with Cork, a bit fatigued and tired, having to get myself back up again and, and, and train with the club, right? I was there with the club from day one and, and it, was, it was it was powerful, right, just to be there from day one and I really saw and um, I really felt that and I really, um, I, I loved it, right, and I, I love the club and the club means everything to me. So, you know, I, I think for me now to be able to give them everything from day one again and to be on that journey of going into the start of pre-season and working my way through the championship, I'm really looking forward to it and it's a, it's a good focus point for me then as well to focus on and take my mind off of um, not being involved with, with the current team. Yeah, what are are you one of these people that will attend the games, or will you be like, no, I'm done, I'm not going to no. the court games? No, I definitely attend. And I'm look, I'm I'm happy and content with the decision I've made. So I'm looking forward to being there. And, and if the guys win the All Ireland next year, I would absolutely be over the moon. There's no part of me would be upset or down. I'm not involved in and everything else. No, not what. Like, honestly, no. And I'm, I'm honest when I say this. I, I hope the guys go ahead and win. I really do. 
and I wouldn't feel one bit disappointed by it and or I'm not involved in everything else like that. That's you know, for whatever reason. I wouldn't feel like that. And I would have felt like that in the past. You know, if I wasn't playing or whatever XYZ I'm injured, I would have been feeling like that. But for this, you know, I'm not. So I'm looking forward to I go to the games. I might even go on to the guys, take my young fellow with me there, Sonny, and maybe go on to a couple of my lights of luck, you know, and Joy seeing these fellas and other fellas that were involved with me and I go together and God. Cut the shit. I won't say the course what I was going to say. What I, was going to say. I actually said it to lock on. They got to me to, to wish me the best. And I was telling him we go to the games together. And then um, he was saying, we cut the back off the boys and take this fellow off and take that fellow off and be one of those <laughs> fellas in the crowd that we listen to when we're playing. Because there's always that break in the game where the silence and you just hear one fellow from the crowd saying, take him off or <laughs> come on over that, McDonald and all this kind of stuff. You know, you have to smile at those fellas. It wouldn't be those fellas, basically. But, no, and sure, come here. After sitting in the stand for years myself, I do know what. And what is it like hearing those things? Do you pay heed to it, or you're like, oh, forget about it? No, no, you don't. I look at it's a journey. Obviously, you come into the start and it's a bit of a shock to the system, and um, you either sink or swim with those type of things. Because if you're dependent on other people validating your you've been good or you've been bad, then you're going to struggle. So you find very quickly a way of just um, dealing with the opinions of other people, mm. and. Uh, yeah, so it's died first couple of years, you know, would have probably impacted me a little bit, but after that, after that, you just kind of, you know, oh, it doesn't doesn't impact me. It just goes over me or beyond me. I don't even I don't even see it. Good. What about the family? I know. I think anyone that goes to a court game knows your mum and dad. To be honest, Stephen, when you used to be playing, oh, yeah. you'd, you'd hear them in the stand. You'd know how Stephen McDonald's parents shouting for him. How are yeah. they going to take the news? How do they take it? Ah, they're very. You no, know, they're they're sure they're. I suppose they've come a long way as well from being my number one supporters. I, you know, played with Cox since I was fourteen years of age, so they were huge supporters of me. And then getting to play with uh, the senior team, and at the start they were a lot lower than what they are now, right? But they're, um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, I suppose they've over over time understood the commitment of what it takes to play with Cork, and they know no, I suppose the level of other commitments that I have, and I suppose you know even subconsciously for them, they they probably understood that you know. It's only a matter of time before Stephen steps away, right? So no, they, when I when I rang them and said it to them and spoke with them about it, yeah, they, they, they were there was no there was no shock, right? There was no surprise. It was and they're very supportive and backed me all the way and congratulated me on, on everything that I've that I've done. And uh, yeah, so no, they're, they're all good. They, they, they still bring that energy and passion, <laughs> enthusiasm to the Glen games, though. Don't worry about that. <laughs> that the bus from the, the bus from Blackpool out to Perth, wherever it is, they'll, they'll have that going still. And how are you finding dad life? Dad life, sleepless nights, sleepless days. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, if I, look, to be honest, and I'll be sure it's amazing, right? It's a humbling experience, but it is challenging. No doubt about it. He's only six months old now, and in the first six months, I've, I've been challenging because he's he had reflux and um, colic and, and some other things. He had to go to the new unit, unit for the first couple of days and. You know, with coronavirus not being left in, eventually being left in, only one of us left go down to the new unit. And being a first-time parent, it was just it's, it's challenging. And and I hope I, I can uh, speak for other parents to saying that you know it's it's not easy, but it gets easier, and it is getting easier. And it challenges you, and it challenges you to to be to be a better person and to step away from putting you first and to see there's something greater here and to acknowledge that you mightn't be. Yeah, but you get the sleep you want and the food you need to eat and all that kind of stuff. I was going to the championship like this year against Dublin. I came on after about 20, 25 minutes and I had about two hours sleep the night before. Didn't really eat well, but you just got to deal with it, right? That's what mental toughness is. You just got to go out there and say these are the conditions you're dealing with 
and challenge yourself. I, you know, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, um, that's an amazing thing to be able to go be challenged like that. So you just got to step into it and not ruminate over not sleeping and all that kind of stuff put out there saying this is a huge challenge see what I'm all about this way you really get to see your character when you're tested like that so I'm, I'm enjoying every moment of it it's a test I'm tested and I'm enjoying it um, some days are better than others but it's all good Brilliant it sounds absolutely great and before I let you go we might as well talk about what you're probably going to do now and focus on family life and work as well you're coaching and um, coaching perform- performance coach Oh yeah yeah so I've lucky enough again that I've um I've never neglected really my my off field endeavours right in my work and I was lucky enough to work for an engineering company called Arp for a number of years before I set up the business back in two thousand sixteen and the business really it's uh, as you said or it's, it's a performance coaching business where you know I'd work with leaders and teams just to help them to to do things better faster more fun and enjoyment and um, to make more of a positive impact on the world right so you know I work with leadership teams just around their um, their goals and objectives and strategy and how they're going to get there and their team effectiveness and how they work together and collaborate. And um, also with the leaders then of those teams and it would be a project team or a leadership team, you know, working with teams that are really at the forefront of pressure, right? And, uh, you know, the impact of them performing well together will create ripples right throughout the business and throughout the world. So so I'm really enjoying it. I've got a lot of really good projects that are going on, a range of different clients from across Ireland and, and, and the world as well, which is which is great. So I'm excited. I've got a lot of opportunities well there and and um, potentially some opportunities that I would have had to turn down in the past now I can take, So which is good. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, also at the moment, just I suppose the way I'm talking, I think it's important to mention around what's going on with, with COVID-19 and I'm... Um, very lucky to be working with one of the clients and you know we've we've set up a resilience program and I've worked with them around getting together, putting together a resilience and connection program. Just connect because a lot of isolation, right, uncertainty, um, anxiety around what's going on. So it's just really supporting them as they as they go through life at the moment with COVID nineteen, connecting them together, you know, building that connection but also building that resilience and their their mental toughness and giving them some tools and enjoying the journey. So there's there's a program that I have, it's a six week program on that. And um you want to put it site wide, so site wide means over hundred, over a thousand employees. There's over hundred countries already, so I'm looking to. I, that's really been validated as as a really good program. With it, that's a ninety six percent net promoter score. So I'll probably you know bring that to to the public at some point and maybe start doing that, running that there. So I think um, I look. I've a hundred other things, or a lot of other things that are that are there, and opportunities that are just at my at my fingers. So I'm looking forward to really stifling down what's the ones I want to get after and getting stuck into it. So yeah, I'm. With work, with family, with friends, with life, you know, I look forward to it. So, and um, I wish the guys the best as well. As I said earlier, I hope that that they go on and do it. And look, I've a lot of guys, a lot of lads have reached out to me, and you know, I'm there for them. And anytime they need me for anything, I'm, I'm there for them. Brilliant. Well, it was lovely chatting to you. I mean, if anyone wants to catch up with you in the work life, and if they're interested into the performance coaching, uh, Stephen, where can they find you? Yeah, look, I've, I've got. A, I'm actually doing. We're actually. I'm actually rebranding at the moment, so okay. I'm doing a rebrand. The company's called Live Unbound, right? So you can imagine living life unbound, right? So stepping into higher standards of excellence and, and enjoyment. Liveunbound.ie is the website. Again, I'm, I'm doing a rebrand, but it's, it's the website currently as it is at the moment. And I think Instagram and LinkedIn, probably LinkedIn more so for business. You find me on there, and, and look, Instagram is a lot. Is, is uh, so I'm going to step my game up in in the social media world as well because that's. I'm pretty, um, you know, I let that, I let that world off to itself, but I, I'm going to step into it more now, knowing that it, you know, you, you can use it to a positive result. 
Brilliant. Well, it was lovely chatting to you and I presume I speak for a lot of people in Cork when I say thank you for all the memories in the Cork jersey. You've given us great memories and it was lovely chatting to you. Hopefully we'll have you on to preview some games. Maybe you want to dip your toes in the media world. I prefer I be, might be a bit too honest, but uh, who knows? <laughs> that's what we need. That's what we need. Stephen, yeah, congratulations on an amazing career. Well done. Thanks William Valerie. Appreciate that. Stephen MacDonald, former Cork hurling captain. Isn't it so nice to get to know the players underneath the helmet and find out more about their lives? If you joined us in the middle of that, well, we'll podcast it later on. Coming up after the break, we're going to have Fiona Hayes and Owen Cadigan. Stay with us. The Big Red Bench. Come on. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Welcome back to the Big Red Bench with me, Valerie Wheeler, with you until 7 o'clock. Let's stick with the J. This week I caught up with former Jewel star and still a Cork hurler, Owen Cadigan. We chatted J, we chatted business, his new business adventure. Let's take a listen to Owen. Joining me on the Big Red Bench this week is Owen Cadigan. Owen, how are things? How has life been with you? Yeah, very good, Valerie. Um, I suppose strange times for everyone at the moment. Um, huge amount of uncertainty around, but look, I think that we're so long in this scenario that we've all learned to overcome and overdapt and uh, you know, get on with it, really. Yeah, unfortunately, this week we received the news that uh, county training needs to be postponed for quite some time. I know you yourself, you know, you're part of the panel, so it's probably not an easy decision for you to take because you're so used to teamwork. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mentioned this previously that, you know, putting the games back two or three weeks or, or whatever length of time it is, isn't going to be detrimental to the championship um, considering the current climate and out of respect really to the people, the frontline people that are pouring hours into trying to turn this pandemic around. Like it's, it's a very, very small ask really. So whether you're a club player or an inter-county player, Fellas are looking after themselves better now all the time. They can find grass to run. They can find a ball earlier or a wall to hit off. And, you know, fellas look after themselves a lot better now. So, um, you know, if that take, means taking six weeks, four weeks, eight weeks, whatever the case may be, then fellas will be happy to do it, I'm sure. How did you find the solo training? Um, difficult, uh, but also knowing that your club mates are doing it, your inter-county guys are doing it, everyone was doing it. Um, I think throughout the summer there, during, prior to the club championship, we saw pods of two and three fellas pucking ball or kicking mm-hmm. ball. And, you know, G is so important to so many, so many people's lives, like uh, whether you're a player or not. Like it's, it's such a huge community that it wasn't until everything stopped and you started to see as you drove or you passed like the amount of people that it actually affects one and two the amount of people that actually were out doing those small things like their training sessions and so on and it was brilliant to see it really yeah you mentioned club just a few minutes ago and I think it was nice for clubs last year to get their moment to shine yeah yeah the club championship in Cork last year um, and I've said this previously as well was most enjoyable like you know it was it was a clear run it was brilliant to be there with your club mates all of the time there was no distractions, there was no breaks. And I think that's, whether you're a county player or a club player, I think that's the way players want it. Um, splitting the season and breaks in between the season doesn't really work. We've seen that previously. It becomes disjointed and you're trying to be dragged left, right and centre and you're not 100% in either camp then and that's not what you want. Like Ultimately, we play GA because we love doing it and whenever we do go out and tug out, you want to give 100% for that team. So... Um, having the split season now going forward is absolutely brilliant. 
And with your club as well, last year you made the decision to focus on club hurling and you don't know what you're going to do this year? Yeah, um, I suppose last year I was joint captain of the hurling. I'd actually been carrying a couple of niggles going into the hurling championship and I sat down with Ray Keating, um, the senior football manager in Douglas, and he was more than accommodating. Um, you know, we're, we're fortunate we have plenty of numbers in Douglas, um, but the most important thing was that we had... You know, 25 to 30 guys focusing solely on hurling or football or whatever the case may be. So I think it was more of a bonus for your hurling, or hurling manager or, or football manager knowing who he had every single night of training versus trying to get the split sessions in with dual players. Yeah, but I mean, you had 18 or 19 seasons with the club football. It must have been extremely weird for you to stop for here. Uh, very difficult. And then the kind of crunch game in the football was against Nemo in Parky Kiev. Um and it was really difficult looking on. You couldn't go to the game, obviously. We were watching it on, um, through the Irish Examiner um, Facebook page. And you were nearly kicking every ball, but fellas, that you've played with because when you've done something for so long, it's very strange not being a part of it. But um, probably in the grand scheme of things, it was a really call for me through last year. So um, we'll see what 2021 brings and what kind of way the season goes. Yeah, and I know I think a lot of people are looking forward as well for the Intercounty to kick off, but unfortunately it probably wasn't uh, the ending for Cork that you would have liked last year either on. I knew yourself it was misfortunate with an injury too. Yeah, I was very disappointing. Like any like I suppose you, you really saw firsthand the the level fellas were going to, to make themselves available to play during the middle of a pandemic, you know. Um fellas driving on their own to training from long distances, uh not showering not having team meetings, standing outside with two and three jackets on, doing video analysis. And that was the same for our club championship as well. Like, you know, it was no difference. All our video analysis sessions were outside. Um, you were praying that it was going to be dry um, so that fellas didn't have to be holding umbrellas. Like, so bring your hurlies and an umbrella just in case. Like, uh, it was kind of surreal, really. But in saying that, like, there's huge credit needed to go to club managers, club players, inter-county managers, inter-county players to run off the championship and the GA themselves to run off the championship the way they did like um, you know I would have loved to have been in an all Ireland final with Cork but it wasn't to be this year um, but it was still the same feeling I have no doubt for Limerick going up the steps and for Dublin um, so you know that's ultimately what everyone's chasing when it comes to trying to win some silverware uh, unfortunately the year didn't go as planned, but you know, 2021 is a new year. Um, whilst it hasn't started in, ideally, um, that can't be an excuse either. Um, I think when you're given the opportunity or the privilege to represent your county, um, you know, there's hope, there's huge prestige with that, like, and there's huge responsibility in making sure that one, you can still offer something, and two, that when you do come to training, that you you bring a certain standard and a certain level um, that's expected by the court public and if there's anyone more aware of our lack of success, it's the players and the people that have gone before us. Like, you know, so um, certainly we know ourselves that we have to kind of maybe change our style and how we approach things and, and bring um, a huger work rate um, because I think you can see from the games, the semi-finals and finals this year, that, that's what's required and that's what's needed and anyone that doesn't gets left behind, unfortunately. Um, we're speaking of your injury. How is the back? Brilliant. Uh, really, really good. Um, I We played the quarter final of the club against Blackrock on the Sunday. 
I met the surgeon on the Monday and he operated on Tuesday. So um, it was something that needed to be done, regardless if I was playing sport ever again, I would have had practice done. So um, after the eight weeks, I'd actually played in an A versus B game, um, the week leading into the Tipperary game. So I was in a really, really good position. I had put uh, a huge amount of time and effort into trying to be sure that I was doing everything right to get it, to make it 100%. Um, just unfortunate, obviously, that the tip game didn't go our way, but I would have been hopeful that I would have put myself in condition to maybe have made the squad the following week, but it just wasn't to be, I'm afraid. Yeah, but look, as you said, you're in better condition this year to maybe yeah. give it another go, which is great. And there's big changes to the Cork team, plenty of retirements, plenty of people stepping down. I mean, yeah. some names there that people will miss in the field, so some, some that others won't maybe, but, you know, it must be strange for people that you've played alongside to be retiring now and maybe people of your own age, oh, not saying you're old. <laughs> no, no, and, and that's the reality. Um, like Time waits for no man and, you know, the guys that have stepped down and the guys that are unfortunately aren't part of the panel are number one, brilliant friends, and two, unbelievable servants um, to both Cork and club over the last couple of years. Um, some of the guys, you know, I've played alongside have been like incredible teammates um, and have done themselves proud throughout their career. Like, and, you know, things change. Um, the reality is I'm, I'm getting a bit older now as well. Um, but I still feel that I'm in a position to offer something uh, and obviously management do as well. So I think that's the most important thing once you're wanted and you feel that you can offer something, um, you know, there's no sitting on the gravy train because it doesn't work. This is high level sport. Um, this is elite. Like, and if you're not at the races, you're marking, especially in the full back lane, uh, you're marking the best players in Ireland. You know, you can, you can jazz it up any way you want, but you're going out marking James Callens, Aaron Galans, um, Colin Fenleys, you know, you name it. They're the best guys. Uh, and if you're not doing the business, it'll be very, very evident on game day. So um, let's see. Let's see what kind of shape we can get ourselves in for um, 2021. Yeah, no, look, we all look forward as a Cork woman myself. I do look forward to those games on. Um, but in the middle of a pandemic of all times, you've decided to launch your own business, Dark Focus. Tell us all about it. Yeah, um, so people might say not ideal timing uh, and they wouldn't be wrong. Uh, but last year, 2020 gave me a brilliant opportunity to kind of reevaluate my own job and my own business as it stood. Um and obviously face-to-face -face contact with people was obviously going to be limited. Um, people's work had been affected. The comfortableness that people had of going to gyms might necessarily have been there. Um, so I reevaluated and I put a huge amount of time into putting together Dark Focus, um, which is an online platform offering training plans for people across every age, every size, every shape. Um, it's not specifically just J. There is programs in there for GA players pre-season. There's a dark zone bodyweight program for people in particular at home. Like you can see home workouts and home gyms have become prevalent everywhere in Ireland. I, I, I think if there was any positive to come out of 2020, it would have been that people became a lot more aware of their health, mm -hmm. um, their exercise, their steps, their hydration, and the feeling that it brings with it because I see it firsthand with my clients that I train via Zoom is that you're, you're in your home environment 24-7, you're working there, you're eating there, you're sleeping there, you're exercising, 
and then all of a sudden everything can become jumbled into one and it can be very, very hard to find a pattern uh, or a routine. So um, for the people that are working from home, I, I always encourage them to, one, lay out a specific work area or work room. So that's a designated area that you know that once you go in there, then that's work. And when you leave that area, then work is left behind like you would be in your office. And then this area is your exercise area. This is where you eat your food and so on. Um, so, yeah, like dark focus. I decided the new year was going to be a good time to do it. I, I had planned the 4th of January for mo- months. Uh, it just was unfortunate that obviously gyms got closed. But, but in saying that, I'm delighted that the content is now live. The website is live. People can check it out, darkfocus.ie. Um, and there's something there for everyone, uh, in particular the Bodyweight program. It's it's a four-week program with three sessions per week, no equipment needed, and you can do it in the comfort of your home in, in 40 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes. So, um, yeah, that was my brainchild of 2020, so it hasn't been all that negative. No, and I think, as you said, what better time to launch it? I think now more than ever, people need something to focus on. And with Dark Focus, I think it's something that they might have. I know me, myself, I was never a gym bunny or into any sort of fitness until last year. And you're so right. People did become more aware of it. And I actually felt like more, whatever about the physical benefits, but I think mental benefits was the main thing for me with it. Absolutely. I, I don't think I've ever walked away from a hurling training session where I've had to push myself or an individual training session, whether it be at home or in a gym where I didn't feel good afterwards. Um, it's like, anything. there's a sense of satisfaction when you progress on. Um, and that's where the name kind of came from, you know, to, to be successful at anything, you need extreme focus. Um, whether that be in work, whether that be in life in general. Uh, and sometimes, you know, to succeed at anything, you have to push into areas that you never thought you could push to. And I would always call that the dark place. Like you get through the dark place, you'll come out the other side of it. And that's where dark focus originated from. So, um, yeah, like exercise is hugely, is hugely popular one and it's hugely important um, from a physical and a mental perspective. Um, and the good thing about it is you can start at any level. You can be, you can be any age, can be any size. It doesn't really matter. Um, it's just a case of feeling good, releasing those endorphins and uh, getting yourself in a healthier and happier state. Uh, how is the, the response seems to be great. I see loads of people talking about it and sharing it on, which is brilliant. Yeah, uh, like the engagement has been brilliant, like particularly the J community have been incredibly supportive. Um, not alone that, but even, you know, Irish abroad, um, there was people contacting me from Abu Dhabi, from the States, from Australia, which is just like mind blowing really, to be honest with you, when it's only three days old. Mm. Um, so like, I just, a massive thank you to everyone that has one purchased programs and two that has supported it. And uh, I know how difficult times are at the moment for everyone. Um, this isn't an easy scenario for them, but you know, we should always look for, for the bright side in anything. And uh you know, keep cracking on and focus on the things we can control. Um, and exercise is definitely something we can control. Brilliant. So if you see loads of six facts in the summer on Cork, yeah. we know they've come from you. <laughs> That's exactly it. I'd see them hopefully in some Cork game, Cork tip games or Cork limit games. <laughs> well, look, it's great. Darkfocus.ie is the place to go. They can contact you there? Yeah, absolutely. They can contact me uh, via email through darkfocus um, or on the Facebook or Instagram accounts, uh, Dark Focus Performance. Brilliant. Well, the very best luck with the business and, of course, with Cork this year and the club, whatever you decide to choose, hurling or the football. And I'm sure we'll be talking to you again. All right. Thanks so much for coming on the bench. Thanks, everybody. 
Owen Cadigan, Cork Hurling star there, chatting about his new business dark focus and all at GA last season. Let's hope we can have a positive few stories from Cork GA this year. Now, let's turn our attention to rugby. Tonight at 7.35, live on TG Car and Air Sport is the Guinness Pro 14 gamer Connacht Welcome Monster. The visitors are eight points clear in Conference B, so victory would almost be, you know, a certainty to the grand final on March 27. So let's take a look at tonight's game. Joining me on the big red bench, former Ireland international and rugby coach Fiona Hayes. Fiona, welcome to the big red bench. Thanks a million. Thanks for having me, Valerie. Excited to be here. There's going to be a good weekend of rugby ahead, I think, with the All Inch Pros. So I'm looking forward to those two games. Yeah, look, I come here. All eyes are going to in the sports ground for um, Group B tomorrow night in the Guinness Pro 14. I mean, Connacht are hosting Munster. Um, a fascinating game. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, kind of a much quicker paced game than we watched uh, last week against Ulster up um, up in the north in the Kingspan. Um, rung in the changes, I think there's 10 internationals and in all um, on the bench and in the starting lineup. So I think Munster mean business for this game. They obviously went up to Ulster um, not wanting to lose their winning record, but they kind of brought a young, fresh enough squad. A lot of players wouldn't have played together and they still, they still performed really well. You know, this seems to be a good buzz there at the minute and uh, I'm excited for uh, this game now tomorrow night in, in the old sports ground. Are you surprised with the changes or were you expecting them? No, I would have expected um, like the lads haven't really got a proper run out um, with the Leinster game being um, cancelled uh, earlier on. So I had expected maybe full kind of squad to go into maybe that game when that was cancelled. I wasn't sure whether they'd go with the Ulster or the Connacht game to to give the lads um, a run out because we've European Cup obviously next week. We've the two weeks of European Cup so they definitely need to get uh, more game time and maybe running into the Six Nations. So yeah, yeah, no, I, after, last, after last week's loss especially, I kind of hoped that we'd get to see. And looking at the squad, it seems to be a full-strength Munster squad in all positions. Yeah, and I know that um, we're speaking of Munster right there, but this victory for Connacht would help them close the gap with Munster as well. And I know that they had a great win last week. Yeah, that was that was probably one of the best games of the weekend to watch up in uh, up in the RDS. Uh, it was really exciting to see uh, Connacht after the the final whistle. They were absolutely delighted with themselves, and you know what? It was an absolutely kind of it was just a ripper of a game to watch with the physicality from the start Connacht brought. And I don't think a lot of teams have been bringing that to Leinster, you know. So they were in a little bit of shock. Obviously, it wasn't their full strength team, but they still had quite a few internationals out there and ex internationals. So. So, um, I mean, they were just absolutely outstanding. And to be honest with you, it was kind of like a daily and Arnold in the centre were absolutely brilliant for me. I know, um, I know obviously uh, Jack Carty got man of the match, but I just thought the centre pairing and, you know, Sammy Ireland, ex-Munster, I'm sure he's going to be looking into this weekend again, kind of really excited at the prospects of beating uh, Munster in their own, in their own backyard. And I know they're probably going to go in with a bit of confidence now as well after the last day. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, Connacht have been kind of tipping away slowly. I've been watching them. They've had a few good games. Their form has dipped. Andy Friend kind of, um, I would say, had a chat with them and kind of spoke to them maybe after the Ulster game because it wasn't the Connacht we'd been seeing in previous weeks. So they really kind of have their back up now after a big victory up in the RDS. And I think they're going to be looking to obviously 
push on and take points again and close that gap on Munster in the conference because as we know now it's been confirmed in the last couple of weeks that only um, there's only going to be a final so it's just the top two that are going to be playing against each other so it's all to play for really. Yeah, and I think uh, everyone was expecting a much stronger team from Munster this weekend. As we saw the changes, I think it proves that they have a stronger team as well. But they probably will be slight favourites heading in there. Or would you say they're big favourites? Um, in rugby at the minute with the Interpros you just don't know kind of what team's going to show up as I said um, Munster th- these lads haven't played together in a while whereas Connacht have been sticking with the same lads week in week out and they're performing and it's kind of different when you're playing the game you might be at an Irish level but when you come back and start playing with different guys around you you know the chemistry mightn't be the same so mm. Connacht I think have maybe four changes and uh, Munster have rung in the changes I definitely think Munster would be favourites but I, 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 I think we sh- we definitely should come away with a win but I, I, I don't think it's going to be um, kind of a big massive win I'd say it'll be a tight enough game physical yeah. game It's on a 7.35 on TG Cahar and Air Fiona who are you calling? Uh, definitely always always monster but no I just think the squad that's out there the, the buzz in the camp talking to the lads up in, up in monster training they just seem to have formed this kind of belief about themselves and I think COVID here or not I just think they're kicking on and they had time to train you know themselves during COVID and they just look they look like they're they want you know they've talked a lot about winning cups and this year to, to me seems the one year that they actually really want to everyone in the squad seems to have a goal and the purpose is to come away with some sort of trophy this year Well great look come here we're delighted to have some sport to sport to keep us going because everything else seems to be cancelling all around us but other rugby news during the week Fiona the appointment of Paul O'Connell as Ireland's um, coach I mean, a forwards coach, a big shock to the system for everybody. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose it's um, we're all kind of giving out about not everyone, but we're giving out about this structure and the style of play Ireland are having at the minute. So I think there needed to be some sort of shake up, maybe in the and not in the in the playing setup, maybe in the coaching setup. It's good to bring someone in with a lot of experience. I mean, Paul is renowned, you know, player, but he's also kind of put down a few hard yards over in France as well. And I have to give him a shout out. He's been down doing the under eights down in UL Bows as well there this season. So. Like I'm sure he learned a lot down there, but um, but no, he, that's where he really learned all his coaching. <laughs> the under eights, the under eights down New Elbows. Yeah, they're going to be pros at the line out. I think it's going to be really, really good because you have a lot of, and it's really. I think it'll kind of you'll see it in the games this weekend as well because there's lads coming in. You know, Witchley's on the bench. You've a few younger lads um, that probably are thinking now that. You know, Paul O'Connell's in there. He's a monster man. Um, they're going to make some changes. There's a chance for me to put in a few big performances, impress a new coach, and maybe get a chance of going up to up to camp for um, the next Six Nations. Yeah, and it's it's gas that you mentioned. He's below the under eight. I mean, can you imagine having Paul O'Connell train you at under eight, and now he's in the forwards <laughs> above in Ireland? It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I- and probably the little lads having an absolute clue who he is. They're probably just kind of like, oh, you know, there's the, there's a Paul O'Connell. Uh, and so everyone's like, I don't know who he is. They all kind of just run out. Yeah. They run around. <laughs> run in the circles, ball. yeah. 
Yeah, no, he, he is now, to be fair. He's down there and he, he's he's very good. He puts back into rugby. And I think he said recently, you know, coaching is quite stressful and, you know, he was enjoying the break. But obviously Ireland came to him with kind of an offer and I suppose international level, your own country, is there anything else you'd rather do? And that, oh, you kind of was only talking about it recently, about the line-out. The line-out seems to be not a massive issue, but there's definitely a few things needs to be tightened up in there. And, you know, and it will give lads to concentrate in defence one of the coaches to do their job yeah. in defence and Paul can like can focus on that and hopefully we'll start to see maybe a, a hooker kind of coming through and maybe you know settling down because we've been going to and fro between two three hookers and I'm excited to see if Paul's going to kind of pinpoint anyone and stick with that I um, heard during the week I don't know did you see yourself maybe did Alan Quinlan said that on off the ball that he's going to put the fear of God in them <laughs> That's definitely a quote. Yeah, I've heard. Uh, I've heard stories. My brother even at one stage said he played years ago um, for Shannon against Young Monster, and he was telling me a story like I think I think Young Monster could have been like maybe underage. This was, and they could have been like seventy points up, and still Paul, he no way, he was roaring and shouting like, and and it was kind of my brother was like, all right, man, you're absolutely killing us, or or something like that. He was telling me, and he was like, there's he is he's a kind of a competitor at heart and that's what we want and he brings passion I mean everyone obviously it's a monster thing but I think if you talk to anyone involved in rugby or anyone who loves rugby around the country they'll tell you that, that they absolutely adore what Paul O'Connell brought to the jersey and now he can bring to a coaching setup will be amazing Brilliant well we look forward to seeing what he's going to do in there and we look really forward to the game tonight Fiona thanks so much for joining us in the Big Red Bench and enjoy the game Thanks a million talk to you soon Valerie bye bye Former Ireland international Fiona Hayes previewing the Munster game at me is 7.35, 25 to 8 is a kickoff. It is live on TG Caharan Air, as I mentioned, for anyone wanting to take a look at that game. Um, head coach Johan van Gran has made a number of changes from starting a pen, uh, panel which lost narrowly to Ulster the last time out. There's plenty of changes in the front row. James Cronin returns to the side after successfully rehabbing an abdomen, abdomen injury. And he's joined by Kevin O'Byrne and Stephen Archer. Cronin is set to make his 100 Guinness Pro 14 appearance also tonight. Um, Jean Clon and Ty Byrne from the second row partnership while Gavin Combs and Peter O'Mahony and CJ Standard make up the back row combination in the halfbacks Connor Murray and JJ Hanrahan renew their partnership alongside Damon and Chris Farrell in the centre Shane Daly who is the only player to retain his position from the Ulster game starts on the left wing uh, Keith Earls takes up the other wing spot and Mike Haley slots in at full back so there's plenty of Ireland internationals and we're all really looking forward to that game at 7.35 as you mentioned um, my time is nearly up but if you did miss any of the show tonight we had Stephen MacDonald on his retirement um, and it was really nice to get to know him and to find out more of about Stephen underneath the helmet we also had Owen Cadigan he was telling us about his new business Dark Focus um, Tracy Kennedy will be joining me next week on the Bigger Revenge Saturday from 6pm. She's going to wrap her up her time as Cork County Chair and tell us all about the highs and lows. Uh, Rory is back tomorrow night from 6pm on the Big Red Bench. I caught up with Conor O'Sullivan. He is playing basketball in America. His family are here in um, Cork, so we will be playing that interview tomorrow evening from 6 o'clock. And we'll also be doing some predictions for the year ahead. How exciting. Predictions will probably be very wrong, but we're going to predict some anyway. But if you did miss the show, I will be podcasting it on the Big Red Bench Twitter. It is called at Big Red Bench and Red FM. I'll also share it on my Instagram at Valerie Wheeler but it's great to be back it's great to have live sport I hope you're all keeping safe and well and I will chat to you all next week thank you so much for listening Stevie G is on the way next The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm